0: Welcome back everybody to the newest episode of penpodcast.com. I'm your host Matthew harms, founder of the pen podcast and pen for hire. We are here today joined by two-time best-selling author Jacqueline Gallo. How are you today, Jacqueline?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me here, Matt.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you so much. I've I know you've sp- two books and what really drew me to getting you on the show today is we have a client who's wrapping up a book that's very much geared toward women entrepreneurs. So when I saw the subject matter, at least of your newest book, I knew we had to have a conversation and see what inspiration we can get for them as they embark on this publishing journey.
1: Love it. I'm excited to dive into it.
0: Amazing. How long have you been writing?
1: Since I wrote my first book in 2017. So. Okay. Six years.
0: But no dabblings in writing prior to that? It was.
1: I mean, I've been writing my entire life, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, we all have, but like with a passion or was it just.
1: Journaling. Journaling. Okay. Processing. Even as a kid, before I even really knew what journaling was, my mom introduced me to the idea of write down what happened in your day. And I would do that. I would process through writing.
0: You know, I, I've been told so many times that I need to journal and I'll start for like a day or two. And then it becomes no excuses, just explanation. It becomes a little difficult when you're in the business of getting paid to write other people's stuff. So when the end of the day comes, it's usually mine that gets kicked to the curb.
1: Yeah. That's why you have to do it first thing in the morning. Start really small, five minutes. Okay. It makes a difference. Build the mini habit.
0: See, I really do this show so I can get improved.
1: <laughs> I love it. Help me out.
0: When you, What made you decide to write the first book in 2017?
1: God, (laughs) I was thrown into it by fate. So I never, I identified as a writer. No, I'm just going to, I'm going to say other than like journaling and my own personal writing, I didn't identify as a writer to outside people. So I would say I never really identified as a writer. I identified as a journaler, if anything. And I did identify as an entrepreneur. I had started my first business. I signed up for an entrepreneurship class at Georgetown. It was my senior year. And the first day of class, we get there. And my professor tells us that he almost quit teaching because he felt that his class was absolutely meaningless. People would launch fake businesses, learn nothing about business, right? And that's how most entrepreneurship classes, unfortunately, are structured. And a lot of college, actually, you do fake things that you don't really learn that much from. So anyways, he felt it was a waste of his time. He was an adjunct professor and he said that he had told the dean over the summer, he was not coming back in the fall. And she asked him, if you could do anything with the class, what would you do? Could you just think on it? And we would give you permission to change it in whatever way you wanted to. So he went and he talked to a bunch of his friends who were also entrepreneurs and he asked them, what have you done real life? That was a project from start to finish, that taught you the process of entrepreneurship. And they all agreed that it was writing and publishing a book because you had to pick a target audience. You had to solve their problem. You had to price the book. You had to market the book. So we come in and he says, you're going to write books. And so that's actually how I wrote my first book. And I remember calling my parents who are my number one fans. Talk about like people who will support anything I do. They were like, are you sure? You're not that good at writing. Are you sure? And it's so funny because. I learned how much I love to write and how good at it I am. I was just never really given the opportunity other than school, which is very different from writing an essay, from writing a nonfiction book about improving your life.
0: So, I mean, it sounds like to me that thanks to your professor, you were almost forced to write the book.
1: 100%, although half the class did drop. So I chose to stay in it despite this uncomfortable thing, because I had a feeling it would help me.
0: I gotta tell you, just when you said that, I was like, that's amazing. I wish any one of my college courses allowed me that time to work on a book instead of all the other nonsense they were teaching me.
1: Yeah, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, because kind of the opposite of you, I've been writing since I was a kid, like always creating stories. um, And that's what I wanted to do. In my senior year of high school, I was selling term papers. um, And I think making more money than my father was making at his full-time job but that wasn't an option. It was like, no, you have right. to go get a, like a, a real degree. And people just don't realize, like, I love your example of writing a book being kind of the full package of entrepreneurship because it's a freaking struggle. It is. Right. Yeah. I think the writing part of it is probably the easier part.
1: Oh, totally. Selling is definitely harder than writing.
0: Especially if Right brain, left brain, right? Usually writers are not so much outgoing and able to promote their own work or have a business sense. So when you're able to kind of get them both meshed together, it's an amazing feeling. Absolutely. So how did you, once that book was finished, did you finish it during the semester?
1: Yeah, but we had an entire year. So I finished it in May or April, I guess.
0: How did you go about getting it out there in the world? Like what was the first thing you did once it was actually done?
1: Yeah, so I'm the kind of person that likes to set really big, ambitious goals and just go all in on it. So I decided that I was going to set a clear strategy of giving free speeches and I would just see who would listen to me. And my first book was about my struggle with disordered eating in college. So my target audience was college students, especially women. So I just started emailing sororities because I knew they were groups of women. And I said, hey, I'm an author. I just graduated from college. I'd love to. I have this awesome book about disordered eating. I know a lot of women struggle with it. Can I come talk about it? And of course they said yes. I mean, I was offering a free talk. So within six months from the date that my book came out, I had given 66 speeches all unpaid, some of them virtual because I started reaching, I'm in Philly on the East Coast. I started reaching schools in California and they wanted to have me come and they would tell their friends. So what really worked for me was picking a strategy that I knew was going to work. And I knew it was going to work because I had spoken with a lot of people. My professor was giving us education around here are different strategies. And I also had a strong feeling in my intuition. So the way that I personally approach business is strategy and intuition combined. So I I take in all the strategies that I could take that are proven to work for people. And then I pick one that I'm gonna go all in on that is most aligned for me based on just my gut feeling, truly, and so that's what that was. And yeah, it worked, it worked really well.
0: And I love what you said, the opening phrase, just how powerful is that when you open something up, say, I have a book, I'm a published author.
1: Yeah, it's amazing it cre- I was 21 so very young most people don't have any credibility at that age and I was taken very seriously because I had this amazing accomplishment of publishing a book
0: Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by pen for hire One of the best things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book But one of the worst things about independent publishing is that anyone can publish a book. Don't fall into the trap of trying to master the process on your own for the first time and think you can compete with authors who have already figured it all out. Let us help you put out the best possible book. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Yeah. it's. I I try to tell people that the milestone of completing a book can do more in someone else's eyes than all of the degrees in the world. Because, yeah, I mean, not to take away from getting a degree, but you're kind of just going through it and then you got to pass a test, right? You pass a couple tests, you get your degree. With a book, you have to actually sit there and finish 175, 200, 300 pages and it gets hard.
1: Yeah. I couldn't agree more and so many people, myself included, want to pursue careers that their degree doesn't necessarily align with. So I had a marketing and international business degree, which is great for the business side of running a business, but when I wanted to write my first book about disordered eating, who was I to write about that? I don't have a nutrition degree. Or when I wanted to write my next book about mindset, who was I to write that book about mindset because I don't have a psychology degree. And uh it's interesting because those were blocks that I had to overcome. And now I see so many people approach me and say, Jacqueline, I want to do this, but I'm not credible enough. I don't have the education. And in my first book, the way I tackled that was I shared my story and what worked for me, which is one of the most powerful things in the entire world. It's not a textbook, it's real. And I brought in experts. So I interviewed my dietitian that helped me overcome my eating disorder. I interviewed some of the top food psychologists who have done extensive research on these topics and said, why is it that my experience was this? And then they would back it with research. And so it's not like you have to know everything and you have to be the jack of all trades. There are resources out there and and you can be the face of that brand. So that's what I really did with my first book. And then through my second book, I did build education, but not in a traditional sense. I read books, I listened to podcasts. I've even gotten certifications, but that's not traditional. It's not a degree, right? So it's cool how you can build that over time.
0: I definitely want to jump into the mindset, but I I want to stress something you said about not being the expert. Most people, unless they're clinicians, they're not looking to buy textbooks. Most people buy a book because they're looking to solve a problem. And there's thousands and thousands of books on every topic. So what's going to separate your book from maybe somebody else's? It's your story. It's your personal journey. And it's the way you take some of the actual data and Distill it down in your own voice. Yes. A lot of people, sometimes the more credentialed they are in certain fields, the harder it is for them to write the book because they feel like they have to put everything down. And the truth is most readers don't want that.
1: And it's really interesting because I see this with a lot of entrepreneurs as well, where they solved a problem in their life and then they build a business around it. And then they're so removed from the problem. They don't know how to sell. Because they're like, well, I don't even know how to connect. I don't even remember the way I felt. So it's like you're actually most qualified when you are closest to overcoming the problem. That is when you're at the like, prime of being qualified to share your story because the story you share is going to be most relatable and most relevant. And when people can see themselves in you, knowing that, well, you, the person who struggled with X, Y, and Z, just like I do, was able to accomplish this. Maybe I can too. And a huge roadblock for people changing their life is thinking it's possible for you, but it's not possible for me. So you overcome that by being so close to the problem.
0: One hundred percent, and so much closer to where your readers might be in their journey, as opposed to you know if you're picking up a business book or a performance habits book, you could pick up the the Brian Tracy's, the Tony Robbins, but some people you just can't connect because it's been so long since they were where you're at. That I'd rather read a book from someone who did, like you said, did it yesterday or is still doing it.
1: Yeah, hundred percent, super powerful.
0: So what what made you, or once you got the, the writing bug going, when did you decide to write the second book and why Mindset?
1: Yeah, so I loved the process of writing my book. I know a lot of people dread it. And I mean, obviously you don't dread writing, but I think a lot of people who, they want the outcome of a book, anything in life. They want the outcome of making a certain amount of money. They want the outcome of having a certain health, losing a certain amount of weight, but they don't want the process. I actually fell in love with the process. I made it really fun. I made it self-care. I would go to a coffee shop. I would get myself something really like a really nice drink and a nice lunch. And I would just, I would just make a day of it every day that I wrote. And it was such this special, pleasurable experience that I was craving that I actually like wanted that space because as an entrepreneur that works with a lot of clients is constantly on calls. I wanted that inward time. And so it kind of goes back to that journaling habit that I've had for so many years where I got to take that time for myself. So I was craving that and I had created another big transformation in my life. So I really just write about whatever I have transformed to help people. So at that time, I had taken my business from making only $11,000 in a year to over a hundred thousand. And I thought, well, that's pretty good. And there are a lot of people who are stuck somewhere in that range. And it was very clear to me what I did differently. It was very clear to me what created the transformation. So I was like, might as well write a book about it.
0: That's incredible. I want to dive deeper into it. But again, you said that I love the correlation of self-care, like, Putting the writing with other pleasurable experiences actually makes me think of the book I just read not too long ago, Atomic Habits and Habit Stacking.
1: Yeah, love right? that. Because now
0: if your mind is connecting like all of these things, oh, well, writing comes with a nice lunch and a nice drink. Of course I want to write today.
1: Yeah, and quiet time where I'm not on calls back to back to back to back. So for anyone who's busy and has a job or career where you are like on the phone a lot, it's just so nice to have that introverted time to write.
0: Yes, 100%. And finding, I guess, the time too that works in your schedule. Because for some, it may be lunch like it was for you. For me, I was getting my best personal writing done when I was waking up at 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. And I would do that before the phone started going off, before email started coming in. I mean, it was just easier to really be disconnected from everything else and, and get immersed in the moment. Whereas, yeah. you know, later in the day, you're already like, oh, how many voicemails do I have? What what do I need to get? It just whether you try to pay attention to it or not, no matter how hard you push it out, it's still sitting there somewhere like, you know, there's other things you should be doing. One of those things we tell ourselves, right?
1: Totally, absolutely. Another thing that helped me is like blocking entire days on my calendar. I know not everyone works like this, but I do really well with a sprint, I guess you could say, where it's like, okay, it's Monday. I imagine that I'm taking the day off for something that I would actually take the day off for. So let's say it's a friend's wedding on a Friday. I take the day off. I do not work that day, right? Like it's my friend's wedding. So I would ima- I would take my commitments that seriously to myself. And I always found a way to fit all my work into four days when I had a friend's wedding on a Friday. So why was it that I couldn't fit all my work into four days to write my book one of the days? I always could. So that always really helped me too.
0: You know, coming out of a holiday weekend, I, I think there's real power in that because same it's like, we only have, only have four days this week because it was a holiday and I'm sure most of us are going to survive. So why is it that when we have the extra time, we don't look at it as valuable and our time?
1: Exactly. We, so many people, myself included, struggle with making the same commitments to yourself that you make to others. And that's something I've been really committed to, asking myself, like, how would I show up if it were this situation? Okay, that's how I want to treat myself and my business and my goals.
0: Love it. And really, if anyone's paying attention, that's all mindset, right? Always. It's all about your mindset, the conversation you're having with yourself. Because if you tell yourself you can't do it, or it's going to be a problem, or it's going to be inconvenient, it's going to be.
1: hundred percent.
0: How long did it take you to write the second book?
1: Oh, well, it's a funny story. I wrote it. And then I was like, eh, (laughs) I'm sure a lot of authors can relate to this. And... I scrapped the entire thing. I was writing it with my professor. He has a publishing company again. So he gave me a deadline, but I knew it was kind of flexible. So I was like, can I push the deadline a month? So I actually wrote the entire book probably in a period of about two months, maybe three max, for the second time where I had tons of speaking gigs, was constantly traveling. But actually, I write really well on airplanes because (laughs) there is no internet. And it's just such a great time to disconnect and to get into my writing. So I've probably wrote majority of that book on airplanes. And I find that I do better when I just sprint with it and just write the, instead of like a little bit here, a little bit here, a little bit here. Let me just be really committed to this goal and go all in on it and get it done in a few months.
0: Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com, produced by pen for hire. Social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy, as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Yeah, I actually, um, I believe it was in Outwitting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. He tells a story of someone who was backed into that deadline. It might've been he himself, don't quote me. But what they wound up doing was they booked a flight from New York to Hong Kong, longest, and then turned around same day, got off the plane, went back home, and finish the book on those 36 hours in flight because they knew the the money they spent on the ticket would be and the time alone with nothing else. Um, J.K. Rawlings rented the top floor of one of the most prestigious hotel suites in England to finish Harry Potter when she was up against her deadline.
1: Wow. Amazing.
0: Right? So it's definitely something that other people are doing. And I think the more people share things like this, because you hear something like that and I'm not advising anyone to go put themselves in financial straits by renting the something they can't afford, but it's just amazing how the mind works when you put it in a position like this. And now you feel like, well, I have to do it because I've committed X amount of time and X amount of dollars.
1: Right. A hundred percent.
0: All right. We just okay. don't value our own time the same way we do other things. Yeah. So when, um, when did you publish the second book?
1: December, 2019.
0: Okay. Million dollar question. Cause most of, and I always love hearing the business side of it. Like I love my fiction authors too. Cause when I do write for myself, it's fiction, but our clients are mostly business folks like yourself, entrepreneurs, um, or really successful thought leaders over time. And the book is a business tool. Yes. So I'm curious in your personal business, you had mentioned going from like 11,000 to a hundred thousand, you know, to give numbers. Yes. But how has having the books helped you as a business owner with credibility and talking to prospects?
1: I can't even, there's not even a word that would describe it because it's so big, especially again, going into industries that I didn't have that much experience in. My clients read my book and they're like, this is exactly what I need. How do I get more from you? When I am having conversations with potential speaking engagements, having a book is really, really critical. Being able to even like bring my book or they can purchase my book, it's a negotiating tactic. If, let's say, they only have this much in their budget for the speaker, but they also have a budget where they have gift bags for the event and they can buy my books for everyone in the audience, I can actually get my desired speaking rate through selling my book. So, in so many ways, it's so valuable. And I would highly, highly recommend it to anyone who wants to position themselves as a thought leader.
0: And I love that creative example you just gave because so many times people are stuck in this single lane mindset of, well, the only way I can make money on the book is by book sales or through the speaking gig. No, no, nothing is black or white. Everything is gray. And if if you're sharp and you figure things out, there's always a way where you can spin it where everyone's happy.
1: Absolutely. I also feel that it's put me in rooms where I almost felt like I didn't belong in or conversations with people who took me a lot more seriously because of the books and being able to say, hey, I I wrote these two books. Here's what I've done. Can I get coffee with you? Can I pick your brain for 15 minutes? And absolutely, because I'm now this person who has worked really hard for something and isn't just going to waste your time for 15 minutes, but is really serious about her career and her business. And so I've been able to get a lot of mentorship also from being able to have this book.
0: Yeah. And people, I mean, if anyone is on the fence, you have the, it's kind of like the get to meet me before you meet me. Like my books are here. Yeah. Someone picks it up, they read it. Now they already feel like they know you. Because when you're, when you're reading someone's writing and they're writing something they know they're passionate about and it's coming actually in their own voice, I feel like I know some of my favorite authors after I've read one or two of their books. So Absolutely. now when you show up to that meeting, it's not really a stranger anymore.
1: Yeah. And I've also definitely been booked for speeches where someone says, I read your book and I'm on the planning committee for this conference. Can you speak about this thing that you talked about in your book?
0: That's amazing. Great.
1: It's the easiest, I don't have to do anything. I just show up.
0: Right. Um, so what comes next now that you got the two books, I'm sure you're not done, but what comes next for you? Your writing your business.
1: Yeah. So I, I started writing my third book probably in January and I was really inspired by it for a little while and the topic. And then I wasn't. And then I thought, you know, this content feels like something that I want to put out in podcasts and in social media content, but I I think that their book is a lot bigger. I think you come to a point in business. Well, you don't have to. Some people are happy with, I don't want to use a, a negative word, but I'm going to choose one because that's how it feels to me, but it may not feel this way to other people. Some people are happy with mediocre success. Some people are happy with, let's just say, maybe they have a corporate job they don't like that much. They want to build a business, write books so that they can replace their salary. And that in and of itself is their goal. They achieve their goal and they've made it. And that's their big vision. And that's awesome. For me, I have come to a point where I've been doing the same thing I've been doing for many years. And it's great. I love my life. But I have a vision that is so much bigger than where I am now, and it gets to the point of you have to do something different to create different results. So for the past few months, I have been all in on what am I doing different? So I'm approaching my entire strategy from a perspective of getting to this very, very, very large level that is so well beyond where I'm at right now and there's a really great book I love called The One Thing. Have you ever read it? Or I have heard not. Of it? I'm going to
0: put okay. it on It's by Gary
1: Keller, the founder of Keller Williams. And in it, he asks an amazing question. What's the one thing you could do that would make everything else either easier or unnecessary? So my big vision is to be a number one New York Times bestseller. Do have my books read by millions of people. Even though my books that I have already written have been amazing tools in building my business, it's just a dream in my heart that... I just feel is meant for me. And I have the voice for it. And I I just know it's my full potential. And I believe that my path to that vision is growing my audience significantly. So I am so all in on the audience right now. How How do I connect with a million humans who want to learn what I have to say? And then I want to work with a Publishing company that has the means to then distribute my book to those millions in bookstores online, obviously. So I'm I'm just really positioning myself in a different playing field and I'm willing to do the things to get there. And in the meantime, I'm experimenting with what is that next topic? Because it's also a different game. Like if if you're if you're if you're playing softball and then you step up to playing baseball, you have to think differently, right? I'm not going to write a book that 2000 people are going to read. I, I want to write a book that 50,000 people are going to read. Right. And so what topics do they really need based on the education and experiences that I've had? So it's just totally different for that next level. And it's, it's just because that's where I want to go, but it doesn't mean that that's the right path for everyone.
0: And there's no right path for everyone. It's physically impossible, right? There's no one book for every reader. There's no one movie for every viewer. The key is knowing what you want, why you want it, and believing that you can attain it.
1: Mm, So good.
0: How can our viewers help you outside of buying your book, which everyone, books, which everyone should do? Who, like, who are your ideal clients in your business? Um, who are you looking to get in front of? Like, how can how can the show try to help you grow your audience?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, well, all of my content is around helping you achieve big, crazy, unrealistic goals. So anyone who has big dreams and wants to pursue them, a life vision that's maybe feels out of reach for them, uh, follow along. I post tons of content all for free on every social media platform. And my podcast is called Spark Your Light. What else? I'm Jacqueline T. Gallo on pretty much all social media. Yeah. And my clients, I mean, I work with those same people just in a uh, one-on-one basis. So if that resonates with you, check out my website, JacquelineGallo.com. Reach out. would love to connect.
0: Amazing. Jacqueline, thank you so much for being here today, sharing all of this wisdom. Um, We're going to make sure we get all your social media handles tagged um, on the Facebook and Instagram so that everyone who watched along today or catches the replay has it. And then we'll be getting this also up on Anchor and Spotify. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today, give us some insights into how you've achieved some of the things you have. And for all of the, the listeners who are maybe wherever you're at in your life, if you've started writing a book, thought you wanted to write a book, didn't think you could, but want to, the only thing stopping it is you get it on your calendar, make it a priority. And there's almost no way it won't happen.
1: I love it. So good. Thanks so much for having
0: me. My pleasure. I was just paraphrasing your words. So thank you so much.